0: You're listening to the LMC Radio Network Broadcasting out of Forestville, California On the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com
1: Give me a go, no, go for launch Booster Go Retro Go Vital We're go flight Guidance Guidance, go Surgeon Go flight Ecom We're go flight GNC We're go Tell me you Go Control Go flight Procedures. Go. INCO. Go. FAO. We are Go. Network. Go. Recovery. Go. Capcom. We're Go Flight. Launch Control, this is Houston. We are Go for Launch. it was, and how it is, to help school you so no one can fool you. Brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at LuckyMojo.com. So now... Without further ado, here's Professor
2: Porterfield. Go
3: Professor Charles Porterfield and uh, hoodoo is my business. Welcome once again to the Now You Know Show, and we are so very happy to have you all with us, all snuggled up close to your earbud, your my, your or sound system, your speakers, your headset, or whatever else, letting those delicate shell-shaped ears take in the sound of our little show. Well, what a week it has been. What a week it has been. All sorts of things have been going on here. Here in, uh, well, now you know land, we've had, uh, oh, an ongoing battle. With computer systems, Texas Heat, and Small Cats. So it's been it's been an exciting week indeed. But before we go any further into the show, I have a few little announcements to pass on to you. Oh yes, listeners. So first of all, I would like you to know that next week That's right, I'm talking about next week, July the 13th. That's Thursday, July 13th. We're going to be having a very special Now You Know show on the air. And we're going to be having, here, live, in the studio with us, you'll be able to tune in and hear... Uh, a very fine new member of the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. Uh, This fine person also presented uh, just earlier this year in May uh, for the first time at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And so we are very, very, very pleased to announce that next week, that's right, Next week, Thursday the 13th, July 13th, we are going to have Co-Meadows here, live, on the show. And we're going to be doing a little interview with Co-Meadows, and some of you may know of Co-Meadows. You may be following Co-Meadows on social media, so don't miss out. Be sure to stop by here, July Thursday the 13th, and listen as the good professor has Co-Meadows in as a special guest. Also, in our announcement section this evening, I would like to let you know that I'm it. That's it. All you get tonight is me. There's no Miss Loretta. Patchy's not here. No one's here. It's just me. Because I am very, very, very pleased to tell you that right now, our own Miss Loretta, that's right, Miss Loretta, Loretta Newman, is currently in, happy. you heard that right, H-A-P-P-Y, Happy Texas, for the 37th annual, the 37th annual Big Texas Crock-Pot Cook-Off. That's right, the Big Texas Crock-Pot Cook-Off, 37th Annual in Happy Texas, and she is up there in Happy Texas, even as we speak, uh, the, cro- the Crock-Pot Cook-Off takes place tomorrow, and she's up there with our own Count Goulash, uh, Apache went on up there, he's doing a little broadcast, and hopefully he'll have that for us. Uh, next week or the week after, and we all want to take a moment to wish our Miss Loretta well and hope that she places. We don't know. Maybe, you know, whatever. Uh, I think, I think at minimum,
2: at minimum,
3: Miss Loretta is worthy of at least third place. I mean, come on. I know she's got some stiff competition up there in Happy Texas, but come on, third place at least.
4: Hoping for first
3: place I bet, you know, you never know Right? You never know She's she's a wizard She's a wizard with that crockpot So <laughs> That just means that tonight You're stuck with me You're stuck with me And so let's go over To the LMC radio Newsroom where I am currently Standing by Take it away, Professor Porterfield. Good evening. (laughs) This is the news, read by Charles Porterfield. Today is Thursday, July 6th, the 187th day of 2017. There are 78 days until autumn begins and 178 days left in the year. The 7th and the 8th of July will be auspicious days to bake, cut firewood, cut hair to increase growth, mow to increase growth, castrate farm animals, dig holes, wean, potty train, and wax floors. So if you happen to have any non-castrated farm animals wandering around, those are the days. The 7th and the 8th are also days when any above-ground crops can be planted. If they are planted during the 7th and 8th, they will do well. The ninth is a good day for planting beets, carrots, Irish potatoes, and other root crops. Also, the 7th and 8th will be good days for morning fishing. Today's highlight in history comes to us from this date, July 6th, in 1957, when Althea Gibson became the first black tennis player to win a Wimbledon singles title as she defeated fellow American Darlene Hard six three, six two. Also, the Harry S. Truman Library, the nation's first presidential library, was dedicated in Indian Independence, Missouri, and, also, on the same date in 1957, 16-year-old John Lennon first met 15-year-old Paul McCartney when Lennon's band, the Quarryman Skiffle Group, performed a gig at St. Peter's Church in Woolton, Liverpool. Also on this date, in 1535, Sir Thomas More was executed in England for high treason. In 1777, during the American Revolution, British forces captured Fort Ticonderoga. In 1885, the French scientist Louis Pasteur tested an anti-rabies vaccine on nine-year-old Joseph Meister, who had been bitten by an infected dog. The boy did not develop rabies. In 1917, during World War I, Arab forces led by T.E. Lawrence and Adu Abu Taye captured the port of Aqabu from the Ottoman Turks. In 1933, the first all-star baseball game was played at Chicago's Komsky Park. The American leaguer defeated the National League Fort two. In 1944, an estimated 168 people died in America's Worst Circus Fire, a fire that broke out during a performance in the main tent of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey Circus in Hartford, Connecticut. Amongst the survivors was a then-young Charles Nelson Riley. In 1964... The movie A Hard Day's Night, starring the Beatles, had its world premiere in London, and the British colony of Nesaland became the independent country of Malawi. In 1967, war erupted as Nigeria sent troops into the secessionist state of Biafra. The Biafran War lasted two and a half years and resulted in a Nigerian victory. In 1971, jazz trumpeter and singer Louis Armstrong died in New York at the age of 69. And finally, in 1997, the rover Sojourner rolled down a ramp from the Mars Pathfinder lander onto the Martian landscape to begin inspecting the soil and rocks of the Red Planet. Today's birthday greetings, go, birthday greetings go out to singer-actress Della Reese, who is 86. The 14th Dalai Lama, Tenzin Gayatso, is 82. Actor Ned Beatty is 80. Singer Jean Chandler is 77. Actor Burt Ward is 72. Actor-director Sylvester Stallone is 71. And actress Shelley Hack is 70. We also wish to send out birthday greetings to air member Madame Pamita, whose birthday was yesterday, the 5th. Happy birthday, Madame Panita. Our thought for today comes uh, from Mexican painter Frida Kahlo who was born on this date in 1907 and died in 1954, who said, Nothing is worth more than laughter. It is strength to laugh and to abandon oneself, to be light. Tragedy is the most ridiculous thing. This has been the news from the LMC Radio Newsroom. And we now turn you over to, well... Me, Professor Porterfield, and the lucky numbers.
5: Lucky number, oh,
6: dreaming of lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me, show go for you and me. Superstition Oh, even make me suspicious. Table with thirteen dishes, it will made. make me. That's mommy, yeah? Yeah, man. Well, all right, yeah. Put my truck in group of ducks. Cause you know some days may bring you a seven. or oh, maybe a lucky 11. Oh, that's in heaven,
5: Lucky number for me. Yeah!
3: And you need not just trust in goof or dust as advised by the Nicholas Brothers Because we have the lucky numbers and card for you here each and every week And each and every week the lucky numbers and cards are brought to you by ProfessorPorterfield.com Why not stop on by there and take a look Before we get into the lucky numbers we have a question about numbers And we're going to answer it the question was, how many other, how many other entries are there in the Big Texas Crock-Pot Cook-Off, along with our own Miss Loretta? Well, according to, let me just see, according to papers left with me, oh, you can hear them there, there are at least this year 263 entries at least 263 entries in the great texas crock pot cook off this year interesting fact that is about the population of happy texas the lucky numbers tonight are 6 12 33 35 48 and 51. Once again, those lucky numbers this week are 6, 12, 33, 35, 48, and 51. This week's lucky three digit numbers are 116. That's 116. 489. That's 489. And 535. That's 535. And I have to tell you that it is my belief that 489 to be particularly hot this week. The card of the week is the Four of Clubs the stranger's bed, travel for work or business, or sleeping alone. This is a week in which one should have stability and solidness in projects and endeavors, and be on the lookout for a possibility of travel for work. It is now time to have your ducks in a row and be ready to go where and do what your business and work projects demand. However, be cautious this week not to get in fights with spouses or lovers as you might end up sleeping in a cold bed. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out, and if you hit, (laughs) I'll remember where you get Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, we're going to go straight into the professor's pontification. This week, uh, we've got some bad
7: news.
8: I just had a talk with my lawyer. Yeah. He drew up a paper or two. I think he's got a big surprise He's gonna try on you for size I got bad, bad news for you I'm not gonna give you no lecture I ain't saying what you should do But gal, if I were in your shoes I'd tend to watch my peed I got bad news for you I'm giving back the diamond you've been flashing The payments have been long overdue And now about that Cadillac The one that looks so long in life They repossess that too I used to go hide in a corner Whenever you up in boo. Used to there raisin cane, you went and missed the gravy train. I got bad news for you. I sent back your fur coat this morning and closed out your charge account, too. I think it's time you knew the score I'm not your bank book anymore I got bad, bad news for you I just figured out some new changes And I want to give you a clue Be sure and tell the friends you meet You just moved off of Easy Street I got bad news for you the day you put your name down on the license You promised you would love and obey But when the parson turned his head You looked around at me and said He shouldn't joke that way You better climb off of your high
1: horse
8: And do what a good gal should do because things ain't turning out as good as you imagined that they would. I got bad news for you. I got bad news for you.
3: Ha ha! Oh yes. And that opens up this evening's first Name It and Claim It. And this week, we were gifted a box of uh, Swiss chocolate bars. These They're all Swiss chocolate. It's very rich chocolate. And uh, there are a variety of these uh, chocolate bars. They Some of them have got nuts in them. Some of them are just plain chocolate. They're just sort of random. So we're just going to be handing them out at random. And remember, in the name and claim, it, if you get the uh, what? The artist, you get one. If you get the song, you get one. If you get them both, Uh, You get two And our first winner of the evening is Candelo Cambisa That's right, ladies and gentlemen Candelo Cambisa correctly named the song The song is I, not I've, I got bad news for you So Candelo, you get the first chocolate bar Catherine, you were so close. Some of your guesses are so close. I mean, so very, very close. But it was, in fact,
4: Eddie Arnold.
3: It was Eddie Arnold. Remember Eddie? Anyway, it was Eddie Arnold. That was Eddie Arnold, ladies and gentlemen, with I Got Bad News For You. And I don't actually have bad news for you, either in the uh, Smokey the Bear you or the Bob Dylan U. But tonight we're going to be talking about bad news. As you know, here on the pontification, we talk about a number of subjects, and they generally cover three sort of categories. And those categories are pontification directed towards workers, people that are professional workers or private workers, and uh, what they need to know, and some little advice for them. The second category is uh, for those who will potentially be seeing a worker. In other words, clients. You may never do any work yourself, uh, but you're a client and you go and, and hire a worker. And then the third category are generally broad topics that involve the community as a whole.
2: And sometimes
3: these topics sort of, uh, you know, they they double or triple team. We might have a topic that covers all three or covers two. Tonight's topic about bad news is primarily going to be directed at workers and clients. So here we go. We've talked before about the similarities uh, between the position of a spiritual worker, particularly a worker involved in hoodoo and conjure and root work and a doctor or a lawyer, and how they have a certain set of similarities that includes such things as oh client client confidentiality would be one, etc. What we have not talked about and what we're going to talk about tonight is what sometimes is, you know, put under the category of bedside manner. This is how do you break bad news to a client? And as a client, how do you receive bad news? And there's a variety of bad news that may come up. Sometimes you're just working for someone as a reader you're just doing a reading but there's a lot of bad news in that reading and i know readers who will not under any circumstances touch certain bad topics they simply won't do it if they see oh let's go to the worst level let's go to the absolute worst level if they see death in a reading they will not report it They don't like to report sickness or breakups. They don't want to report cheating, etc. And this is obviously within the province of and the prerogative of each and every reader or worker to decide what they will and what they won't discuss with a client. But let me say that I find the idea that you won't discuss certain bad topics with a client simply because you don't want to get into that with them to be a little disingenuous. They are after all coming to you for a reading. Now, obviously there are certain particular reasons that you might not engage a particular client with a particular piece of bad news. If you had a client who you felt was a little unstable or violent in nature or overly possessive of a spouse or a mate or a lover or a partner, you might not want to just sort of casually, sort of cavalierly say, oh, so-and-so's cheating on you because you're letting a bunch of dominoes fall. So I can understand that. However, you have to be prepared, if that's going to be your bag, to state that up front. Meaning... If someone's come to you and they've paid you whatever the amount that they pay you to do have a reading, whether you're throwing bones or turning over cards or whatever, okay, whatever, you're reading for them and they've paid you their cash up front and you've accepted it. And the question is, is my husband, is my wife, is my boyfriend? Is my girlfriend? Is my lover? Is my partner cheating on me? Well, now what do you do? So if you're not going to answer those sorts of questions, you need to say up front. You need to say, I don't answer. I don't I don't look at that sort of thing. I don't answer questions about cheating spouses, cheating partners, cheating mates. I don't answer questions about health. I don't answer questions about death. I don't answer questions about this, that, or the other thing. It's only fair. It's only fair to let them know at the gate. Otherwise, well, then the next fair thing to do, and sometimes it can be somewhat difficult or at least a pain in the ass, is to refund them their money in full because they came to you. They want to know that question. There you go. Obviously, sometimes people who are looking for reading for frivolous entertainment values, um, you know, younger people maybe in their 20s who think there's like a carnival atmosphere to it, will say things like, When am I going
6: to die? <laughs>
3: and they don't really want to know, right? They don't really want a reading. They're there for some sort of entertainment, and it's probably best just to give them some sort of entertainment, I guess, but they're not there being serious. And so. There you are. But time and time again, you will find that as a reader or as a worker, you're going to end up with some level of bad news that must be reported to the client. It's not always the case with every client, every day, every time, but it does happen. And it happens for a variety of reasons in a variety of different camps. Some of it's just bad, random, you know, oh, there's going to be a death or, oh, this person, you know, listen, I'm sorry about your aunt, but, you know, she's 93 and she's really not going to, uh, you need to go and have a checkup yourself, etc. And there are gentler and better ways to tell someone ser- certain things, but we're going to get to that a little bit later on. Right now, we're still just coming right at the subject, as it were. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And if. Right now, someone listening to the sound of my voice, or in the future, someone listening to the sound of my voice in the archives, pulls this line. And the line goes like this. It never happens with me because I have the power. A real worker, a real worker doesn't have to report any goddamn bad news because a real worker knows how to fix it. Well, good luck to you. I mean, that's great there, Merlin. I mean, I didn't... Why are you a professional worker? Why are you taking people's money? I'd figure by now you'd be living in a goddamn mansion on the top of a goddamn hill. Because apparently, no matter what the fuck problem comes to you from your clients, you can fucking fix it. If they've got cancer, poverty, death, disease, heartbreak, tax problems... John Law chasing them, and anything the fuck in between, kids in fucking prison, husband, wife in prison, you can fucking fix it. Listen, I didn't realize that the position of God had recently come up for a switchover. Could you swing your way past Denton, Texas? We could use some help here, too. See, that's a bullshit response. There are going to be situations that, as a worker, you can not resolve. You just can't. Sometimes it's just it's just too crazed. It's just too big. It's just too set and sewn. Sometimes God doesn't want it fixed. Sometimes the client's not going to do what you told them to do. The list goes on and on and on of reasons why work. Doesn't always work. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Work doesn't always work. Not every plumber can fix every goddamn plumbing problem in your house every time. Not every electrician. Sometimes you have to pull all the wires out and start from scratch. Sometimes houses have to be knocked down and new houses have to be built. Not everything can be fixed just because there are highly trained Very well-educated, excellent in their craftsmanship workers for that situation. Not every lawyer gets every client off. Not every doctor saves every patient, period. We know this is true. As As the pastor used to say, if prayer worked all the time, if all prayers were answered, everybody's grandma would still be alive. All right? be no death in the world because none of us want our beloved family members to die and we will pray our asses off so it doesn't always work and therefore as a worker you need to be prepared you need to have the skill to know how to deliver bad news He's not coming back. She's not coming back. They're not interested in you. They're not going to hook up with you. So-and-so's not going to get that early parole. The court case is not going to be won in your favor. You're not going to get the settlement. You're not going to win the custody case. You're not going to get off on whatever the hell they nabbed you for, okay? The list goes on. Sometimes there is bad news. Now, let's divide this into two camps. Camp A, bad news that you see coming as a reader, okay? Camp B, the bad news that there is not going to be a successful outcome to a particular matter based on the work that is being done. Camp three, the bad news that you can't do what the client wants. So let's start with camp A. When you as a reader see bad news coming. All right. It would be insensitive and even cruel if every reader, every time they saw bad news, just blasély, just, you know, devil may care. Devil may care in fucking
4: deed. Devil
3: may care. Said, oh, there's going to be a death near you. Oh, you, you, you have, you, you, looks like you may die. There's going to be sickness near you. Oh, you yourself are going to be terribly ill, probably cancer. I just kept going on with the reading. Now over here, we see the so-and-so card. Over here, we see the so-and-so bones. And this tells me that in the next three weeks, a check you recently, you know, that, that, you'd just be a monster to do that. So you have to find a way. This is, again, where we come back to the same relationship as a doctor or a lawyer, etc., has with a patient or a client. You have to find a way to explain these things. They're not that hard. If you see something bad in terms of health involving a client that you're reading for, then it's probably best to give them the advice that they should get a checkup. Or at least say, when was the last time you had a checkup? When was the last time you saw your doctor? Do you have is, – is everything okay with your health? Are you taking care of your health? Are you doing what your doctor told you to do? And if they say no, then you say, well, you need a checkup. You need to go see that doctor. You need to find, even if you got to go to the clinic, even if you got to do this or that, okay? You got to find, you know, find a way to get some sort of medical personnel to take a look at you. If they say, oh, I have, but I'm not doing what they told me because I don't like the pills, I don't like the diet, it's difficult, whatever, then you need to be the person to say, to be encouraging. Well, you can and you should. You really need to. You need to go on that diet. You need to not be eating whatever. You need to be taking your meds. You need to do this. See these cards right here? Tell me. You need to be doing that. All right? Because, in my belief, I'm not trying to put this on everybody else. I'm just telling you where I come from. Now Now we're into opinion, not fact. This is opinion. Professor Porterfield, opinion. I don't happen to believe that when you cast whatever you cast... When you lay down your cards, when you throw your bones, when you look at your coconut shells, when you read a candle, when you do whatever, that that reading is set in stone, that it is immovable, that that is fate, period, that there's no way out, that that situation cannot be altered and cannot be changed because the shells, the bones, the cards, the dominoes, the candle, whatever has spoken. I tell that to clients. So, why wouldn't I tell it to you? And what I tell clients is if you believe that it is absolutely, you know, that's it, man, that's it, you know, why don't you run on down to the Chinese restaurant, buy you a bag full of fortune cookies, they'll sell them to you directly, and go home and pencil in the rest of your months. See, I believe that when we read, we read for a reason. And one of those reasons, is to be able to take a different path, to take a separate road, to make alterations, to make change. Otherwise, what's the point of reading for clients? I read for the client. The client's got a love situation. Okay, now the client wants to remediate and address the thing in the reading with conjure, with root work. So you see what I'm saying? So, therefore, it behooves you, as a reader, when you see, quote, bad news, to try to give some salient, sagacious, good advice. Let's say you just see danger. Okay, you just see danger. Well, what's your job? Okay, oh, oh, well, you're going on a long trip. Okay, well, you're going to go on this long trip. I see there's danger around this trip. So, uh, you might want to. Check your car over. Have your car go into the mechanic. Have them run the full diagnostic on it. Make sure you got the air in the tires, the oil, the water. All the parts are working good. Make sure your insurance is up to date. Don't drive at night when you're sleepy. Be thinking about where your next stop is. Don't trust people. Why are you on this long trip? Oh, you're going to go see somebody you never met before. Oh, you might want to be careful. Are you staying with it? You might want to stay in a hotel. And see, in other words, the danger can be addressed maybe not maybe the danger is a goddamn meteor is going to fall on them i don't fucking know but it's part of your responsibility to try to offer some sort of pathway to say something to them again there are readers who will choose to say nothing they don't want to get involved they're not going to be involved okay all i think on that is that as long as you have stated that up front Then, well, I'm fine with you. You're being ethical. You're saying, I won't read on those matters. I won't address those matters. The client knows that. You're probably not going to get as many clients because, well, you're just starting to, you know, I won't read on whatever. Okay, well, cool. I'll go to somebody who will, obviously. Then. If you are reading for people that you are potentially going to be doing work for, well, now, you, now you've now you already got it set out for you, don't you? You've seen danger on the trip, so now the correct thing to do would be to offer them work to address the danger on the trip. Safe passage, safe travel, protection. If the, if the danger is coming from somebody else being directed at them in a spiritual sense, reversal, jinx breaking, the list goes on. So this is why, you see, when you look at it in hoodoo, what you find is that normally a worker will read for someone before they work for them. Not always. It's not always necessary, but often. And it is, I think, at least the norm, at least culturally. So that's camp A, camp B. Camp B is (laughs) it ain't going to happen. You know it's not going to happen. I'm not going to happen. You know, you did the candle, whatever did the love work and it blew up, it caught on fire, a crow got into your house and just pecked at it and clawed it to shreds, you know, what What the fuck ever, ants came in and just, you know, maggots developed in the, you know, things happen, right, it's not always quite as huge a sign, it's not always quite as huge a symbol, but as a worker, you hopefully have developed skills to tell you when a piece of work has worked or a piece of work has not worked. So that leaves us into two sub directories, two sub camps, if you will. The first is this didn't work. This didn't work. The thing we tried didn't work. We can try it again, okay, or we can try a different thing, but this right here didn't work. So that's a matter of procedure, if you will. Think about it like that. That's a this procedure did not work. All right. The problem is still there. The problem can potentially still be addressed, but not by this procedure or we need to do this procedure again. Speaking to those of you who are going to be clients out there, here's where you got to start being careful. This is a very touchy area, see, because if you're not careful, you'll find that you end up paying out to somebody of not good ethics and not good morals and not good character, oh, thousand dollars $2,000, $3,000, $10,000, $50,000 in procedures. When what you probably should have been told is, this isn't going to work. I got bad news for you. I got bad news for you. No one wants to get bad news. I don't particularly want to get bad news. Okay. I don't think most people enjoy it. I don't think most people are like, oh boy, bad news. But it comes. But you have to be careful of people who have nothing but good news for you. Particularly if the good news comes with a surcharge. See, it's so easy because people are desperate. People are heart sick, people are physically sick, people sometimes are mentally sick, people have poverty, people are want not nobody wants to go to jail. The list goes on and on. People want the good job, people want to be lucky in their gambling, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. People need the drinks off of them. People want revenge against someone, whatever the cases may be. That it's very easy for someone engaging in skullduggery, someone with a nasty sort of character to say, you know, that worked a little bit. And if we just do it, you know, well, okay, it's a little bit closer. Well, blah, blah, blah. And to just happily lead you,
0: say, because you
3: don't want to hear the bad news into paying them again and 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 again. And we've talked about that on the show. And it's easy for those of us who haven't been taken, who haven't been caught up in a cult, who haven't had our power taken away from us, to laugh or to roll our eyes or say, How the fuck do people let that? Well, it's easy, man. It's fucking easy. You know? If your child has cancer and somebody says, Hey, man, I got this machine that cures cancer, you know? I mean, are you, are, you know, it's easy. It's easy to get taken. It's easy. And so we do have people. Who end up 5,000 and 10,000 and more in the hole? Listen, ask around. Ask, ask around. There are workers amongst you. There are workers in this chat room right now. There are workers out there in the world who are good, honorable, ethical, clean, moral workers who will flat up tell you that they have met and talked to people who have lost $50,000. $50,000, pal. Fifty freaking thousand dollars, my friend. Man, I only have 50,000 fucking pennies, okay? And there are people who have been cheated out of $50,000, and not all at once. It wasn't a one-time $50,000 COD charge on a candle. It was a bit here, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. Take a little, leave a little. Take a little, leave a little until it was fifty thousand dollars and they got nothing for it. And a part of that that I bring up is not wanting to hear bad news. See? It it it's an exploitable weakness. It's an exploitable weakness. So I, I kind of went off the topic there for a moment, but it's important that you understand that sometimes, you know, you Need to hear bad news. Now, let's talk about the opposite side of that. The opposite side of that is that sometimes they get the $50,000 out of you with the bad news. Oh, yes, there's an alternative game here. And the alternative game here is that everything's bad news. It's all bad news. There's no good news. There's no way out. It's all darkness and midnight and crows pecking the eyes out of corpses. It's all terror and horror and death, and only I can show you the way out. Only my whatever is keeping you protected. Only I am able to keep you alive. Only through my work are you going to be okay. It happens both sides. So you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful about how this goes down. You've got to be careful about someone who's only darkness and someone who's only light. I'm not talking about encouragement. I'm not saying someone who says, it can be okay. We can find a way. You at least will be okay. I'm not talking about someone who's encouraging or helpful. I'm talking about so everything is
4: perfect always.
3: You just have to be very careful careful. So now coming back into our main camp, here we are. You have clients they don't want to hear bad news. What are you going to do? See, there's a third situation here. You can be an honest, ethical, moral, honorable person and slowly get slid near being kind of a, a con man by The client, oh, no, seriously, by the client, not by you. You're not trying to cheat them, but they literally don't want to hear bad news. So you come and say, listen, it's not going to happen. Well, can't we just keep doing so-and-so? And And you go, they go, come on, please, blah, ba you know, I'll pay for the candle. It's not a big deal. I got lots of money. You know, I just want to keep, I just, want, I know what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I'm not a crazy
4: person.
3: I hear you. I see your lips moving. I understand what you're saying. But what harm would it be to just try again? Can't we just try again? Just another trial. Can't we just try one more time. One more time. Let's say, and you're standing there going, no, no, they're not coming back. They're not coming back. They're not coming back. They're not coming back. And they're, go, they're standing there with money in their hand. They got money in their hand. They're saying, okay, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying about how they're not coming back. But what if, what if there was something that could distract you? From that position. What if there was something. Something you could hold in your hand. Like like let's say there was suddenly. Something in your hand. In your right hand. And, and so you're over here going. No 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 it can't happen. And then there was this thing. In your right hand. That distracted you from that. And suddenly you were able to say. Well maybe. Maybe it can be done. What if I were to put something in your hand. that would let That would distract you. What if it was. Let's say it was. $50. Let's say you had a $50 bill. And you, I mean, there are people, I mean, I'm making light of it. I'm being humorous here. But there are people who literally will guide you down the path of being a con person because they don't want to hear bad news. Or they'll be bound and determined to get conned. You'll tell them it's the bad news. It's not going to happen. Whatever is not going to happen, they'll say, hey, thanks. Bye. Hang up. Walk out of the office, walk out of your shop, walk out of the bodega, walk out of the candle shop, walk out of the botanica, walk out of wherever they are, and immediately go to someone who will give them the good news. Of course it can happen. Of course they're coming back. They literally are conning themselves. They're setting themselves up to be conned. They demand it. They demand it. They must be conned because they don't want to hear the bad news they don't want to hear the bad news but they will
4: beg you beg please please i love him so please i love her so please i need him out of i need him to get that parole please i need this please 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 what if what if
3: and this falls into the what an extra special see these people when they come to you if you listen to them you'll find out if they've already been prepared by other con people see because they'll say things to you sometimes like uh, you'll say well i can do this whatever and i charge uh oh let's say 50 bucks and they'll say well how much for the really good one like how much extra to make it really good because i what what would a hundred dollars get me what would a hundred dollars get me and they don't know what to do when you say, hey, man, it's $50. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't parcel my work out like that. Okay? I don't do like, well, a half-ass job is $50 and a full-ass job is $100. Okay? And they're shocked, and you can tell the minute they say that to your ass that they have already been prepared by other less ethical people. They've already been out there in the big wide world, and they've already encountered those people. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because nobody wants to be the messenger of, you know, bad tidings. Nobody wants to be that guy who has to go and say, hey, man, it sucks. She's never coming back. Hey, man, it sucks. He's not coming back. Hey, man, I can't do this. But they will literally, literally, literally just go after you. Please, please, please. You know, and they'll they'll they will feed your ego. They'll feed your fucking ego. You know you're the greatest. You know you're the best. You know there's nobody more powerful than you. I came to you because you're the most powerful. I came to you because you are a man or a woman of God. I came to you because you're anointed. I came to you because Jesus in a dream told me that you're the person who can do this. Believe in yourself. Man, they will become your fucking coaches
4: and be like, believe in yourself. They want to dust good, pick you up and dust you off. They were in front of you. They'd be like, come on, you can do this. Come on, you can do this. Believe in yourself. You can totally do this. They're, you're, And and before you
3: know it, you're just taking their money. You're just taking their money. And you know <laughs> Is that the situation, you, you already got the bad news. See? There comes a time when you have to say no. There comes a time when you have to put a kibosh on the situation. There comes a time when you have to say, I won't sell you any more of this. I won't do that. I won't do so-and-so because the bad news is this is not going to happen. He's not coming back. She's not coming back. They don't love you. All right? So the bad news is the bad news sometimes for you. So there has to be a certain strength. And that comes back to the issue of ethics and morality always. There always is required a certain strength of character to do that. It's so easy not to. It's so fucking easy not to. It's harder to do the right thing. Then we've got our third case of the bad news. We've already dealt with you've seen the bad news coming. And now we're dealing with the bad news of you can't, it won't, it shan't. Now we've got that final bit of bad news, which is the entire arena of what literally
4: can't be done.
3: I'm not talking about this work is not going to work because. This procedure that we have will not work because – These sets of procedures, I'm talking about the people that come to you, and they say, I want to be invisible. Now, let me be highly specific here. They don't mean they want to be unseen. They don't mean that they want to be looked over. They don't mean that they want people to not notice them. They mean H.G. fucking Wells, Claude Rains, okay? invisible they mean in fucking visible okay they don't mean stealthy they don't mean can come and go without being observed they mean
2: invisible Bo-bo-bo-bo-bo.
3: and once again not gonna happen not gonna happen those other things I said. That can totally happen. Those other things, that can happen. To be unobserved, to be obfuscated. Well, that's the word of the I'd Say, say that, to, say to Magic white and win a $50 and wait at a night, obfuscated. Okay? To be obfuscated, to not be observed, to go silently, to go unnoticed, those things, there's work for that. I can tell you all about it. So can lots of other workers but to literally be in this fucking ball. okay no so what's the bad news the bad news is no no there are people that want to go back in time time
2: time 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 time
3: once again hg fucking wells back in time they want to go forward in time, backwards in time, sideways in time, linearly, whatever. They want to go back in time. They don't want to find a lost object from a time. They don't want to be reminded of something, find a lost love, a lost individual, have a memory returned, have something come to them in a dream. They don't want to get in touch with a part of themselves that they've lost or someone else that they've lost. No, no, no. All of those things are possible. They want to travel in time, 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 time. I'm thinking the answer is going to be no. Then there are people for a variety of reasons. And this one's a little sad because some of these people are trapped by other circumstances who want to be a different gender. They don't want hormone treatment. They don't want help getting to find a good doctor or to win money through gambling, as an example, so they have the money for the procedures to actually change their physical gender. They want to
1: magically change
3: genders and back and forth. As they please, often those are the less sad ones, okay, and I'm thinking answers no there are people who want all sorts of strange things beyond the scope of the power of the average root world. Many of these people enjoy movies, and they've seen a lot of 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 fucking m- m- movies. OK, and and they they, they they want what's in the movie. They want what's in the movie. See, some of them want, you know, uh, a, a passel with snakes, a passel. I'm not sure how many snakes is in a passel. I'll look that up. I'll tell you next week. Uh, they want a passel with snakes that obey their every command and will go out and kill their enemies. And of course, they should have a crescent moon on their fucking forehead uh you know uh because they they've got to and and they should you know and I'm thinking the answer is no, first of all, if I had a passel of obedient fucking
4: snakes,
7: why
3: the fuck would I tell you how to do it i mean i've
4: got a I've got a passel of obedient snakes, they're in the fucking kitchen making toast right now. You
3: know, and it's really good toast. And you might think a snake can't make good toast, but you'd be fucking wrong. This is like some of the best toast. It's just perfect. It's not too dark, it's not too light, the butter's just perfect, it's not too soppy in the middle, like all yeah in the middle of butter, it's not too little butter. It's just fucking perfect. Okay? So why would I give you the power to have the passel – once again we'll be looking that up. Uh, Papa Newt. Papa Newt's in the chat room, and Papa Newt will tell us here momentarily how many is in a passel.
4: A, a passel of obedient snakes.
3: Okay? So once again, now we've got the bad news. And the bad news should be no. That's not possible. Now, when you come to this, you're going to find some interesting responses. I would say seven times to eight, seven to eight times out of ten, you're not going to get the, uh, hey, you can do it. You, you know, they're not going to try to self-con themselves and encourage you to become the con person. Seven to eight times out of ten, they're going to get rude, haughty, aggressive, demeaning, and abusive with you they'll say things like oh well i guess you just don't have the power then
4: i have i have on my
3: computer i have a folder in my email and it is a folder of nothing but responses from potential clients, telling me what a shitty root worker and what a shitty hoodooist I am because I could not deliver to them a passel of obedient fill-in-the-blank snakes, frogs, locusts, more times than you might think, girls, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, you really ought to be careful out on the streets about people you just randomly bump into. Because I've got got letter after letter after letter of some dark,
4: twisted motherfucking men who want a passel of obedient females under their absolute control.
3: I'm not even talking about a pimp here. I mean, I'm not even – say what you will about the state of pimpdom in the modern age. I'm not even talking about that. I'm not even talking about fucking slavery, pal.
4: I'm talking about mind-controlled women. Yeah, man. I uh, heard that you've got this hoodoo power, and there are these women or woman, and I want to make her into a fuck- I want her to be uh, mentally under my control 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 12 months a year 365 days in that year or less during leap years Or more during leap years as the case may And I can send you money in a plain brown Rapper that I leave behind a furnace in an abandoned building and if you I mean I'm serious here Okay?
3: I mean I I'm serious and they want that shit. And when you say no, they say either oh, you goody two shoes motherfucker
4: or they say Well, I guess you just don't have as much power as you pretend. I'll go to a real worker time
3: and time again. Oh, I guess you just don't have as much power as you. I'll go to a real worker. And what they've just said to you is this. I will, I will do one of two things. Uh, Actually, one of three things. When they say, I will go find a real worker who's actually powerful, unlike your unpowered ass. What they actually mean is one of three things. A. I will continue to write my weird, word-salad, semi-sexual, creepy-ass emails to other workers. B, I will go to a con man. I will go to a con man who will promise me the moon and do God knows what. And I don't even want to know what to get the money so I can have my passel of snakes or girls or whatever. Okay. Or C. I will continue to discuss this with my friend in my living room as we watch movies about this and get stoned. That's what they fucking mean. So that's the third bad news. People wanting impossible shit. People wanting creepy ass impossible shit. People wanting super creepy ass, super impossible shit. And once again, you're a person of worth, if you're a person of honor, if you're a person of ethics, if you have decent character, you're going to say to them, no. And you're going to have to. And you're going to have to. All right? So at the end of the day, you need to start preparing yourselves for these different kinds of bad news. Because sometimes, sometimes, when you give the bad news to a client and you find a method of speaking to someone one to one, human to human, you know, openly, like you'd want a doctor or a lawyer to tell you bad news with some compassion, with some honesty, with some decency, with some sensitivity. You find that you can get through to them and that by getting through to them, you better their life because they're willing to now turn away from that path that had nothing but bad news in it. They're willing to adjust their own personal health, the health of others. They're willing to take better safety precautions. They're willing to make better plans. They're willing to give up on abusive relationships or at least compulsive or obsessional relationships, you're able to make a difference for them. And when you can make a difference for somebody,
4: well, that's not bad news. In fact, ain't that good news?
1: All my babies coming home tomorrow Ain't that good news, man, ain't that news Baby's coming home tomorrow Ain't that news, man, ain't that news I got a letter just the other day Telling me that she was on her way And she told me to meet her at the station Ain't that good news, man, ain't that news In the letter she told me she still loves me Ain't that good news, man ain't that news In the letter she told me she loved me Ain't that news, man ain't that news She said she's sorry that she left Found out she don't want nobody else Said she wants me all to herself Ain't that good news? Man, ain't that news? Ain't that news? Ain't that good news? Man, I know that's good news. My baby's coming home tomorrow. Ain't that good news? Man, ain't that news? I'm gonna have her a party at the station. Ain't that good news? Man, ain't that news? Have a party at the station Ain't that news, man, ain't that news I can't wait to get a hold Where we can finally be alone Disconnect my telephone Ain't that good news, man, ain't that news Ain't that news, ain't that good news, man My baby's coming home tomorrow. Ain't that good news? Man, ain't that news? Good news good news. Ain't that good
7: news? Ain't that news good news Oh
3: yes, okay? And uh, now for our second name and claimant of the evening. The first bar of Swiss chocolate goes to Troll Towel Ahead, Grand Mufti of Satanism and Chief Engineer here at the LMC Radio Network. The song is Good News, often with parentheses before it, Ain't That Good News, and therefore Ain't That Good News is an acceptable response. That is number one. And the second bar of chocolate goes to Catherine Ironwood because that was in fact Sam Cook. Then a second bar of chocolate goes to Catherine Ironwood because that is correct. Sam Cook he added the E uh, for uh, 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 various reasons. The the reasons are disputed but he was in fact Sam Cook the third the son of Reverend Charles Cook, um, who was, of course, uh, a minister in the Church of Christ Holiness. And uh, so there you go. He was the third. He was the third uh, Samuel Cook, in fact. So there you go. Now, you know, it's a nice little song.
4: I mean, it's a nice song.
3: It's a nice little song about good news, you know? All Sam Cooke is trying to say there is that, you know, he gets this good news. Coming to him, that good news. His baby's coming back. Ain't that good news? You know, Sam was just trying to do, in that little song, he was just trying to show you that there is good news in the world. He was just trying to do what we're trying to do here at the LMC Radio Network. He was just trying to send out a little signal.
2: What's that signal? why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air. The LMC Radio Network broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network in the vanguard.
0: The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Candela's Corner with Candela Canvisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays, 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays, 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Ky Armand and Paige you Wednesdays, 3 to 4.30. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com.
3: Thank you, Troll Talhead, Chief Engineer here at the LMC Radio Network for that update of our shows here each and every week. Up next, we're going to be going back yet again to talking about reading with playing cards. We're getting closer and closer, boys and girls. This week, we're going to be talking about the court cards. You know, the jack, the queen, the king. Oh, yeah. We're also going to talk about The Joker.
1: Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. Some people call me Maury. Because I speak of the pompetist of love. I'm a midnight joker. I give my love and all
3: Miller Band with the Joker. And it's been rightly pointed out that they were originally the Steve Miller Blues Band, but that was the Steve Miller Band with the Joker. And the winner of the two chocolate bars is Christy XP. And we're going to tonight be talking about interpreting and reading playing cards. We're going to be talking about the court cards, and we're going to be talking about the Joker. As you know, we are primarily talking about and discussing reading the uh, English pattern or uh, the English pattern that appears in the
7: um,
3: American playing card deck. And uh, in that, there are three court face or royal cards for each suit for a total of 12. The Royals are dressed in elaborate English court costumes in the English pattern, English court costumes of the early 16th century. Now, in the American deck, these face cards are double-headed, but originally the royals were shown full-length, and we still have a callback to that in the game of cribbage. Uh, where you have the phrases, one for his knob and two for his heels. And the royals, the court or face cards, typically represent people that the person being read for uh, will encounter in their normal life. Family members, friends, employers, co-workers, employees, strangers, themselves – Uh, lovers, uh, etc. They here, again, in the American deck, based off the English pattern, we have only three of them, the jack, the queen, and the king. So let's talk about them a little bit. The jack represents youth, uh, dalliance lovers, children, siblings, but can also represent messages, Or foolishness. And the reason they represent messages is because the jack uh, carries. This is uh, before you've done, understand that way back, way back before, oh, the telephone and the telegraph, uh, young boys were frequently employed as messengers and runners. And because of that, the jacks act as messengers for their individual suits. So the jack of spades is the messenger for spades, jack of hearts is the messenger for hearts. It's important to remember that the jacks can represent either young males or young females, and that their youth, this is very important now, so perk up your ears, their youth is measured relative to the age of the person for whom the reading is being done. So in other words, if you're reading for someone and they're 35, The Jack is going to represent someone younger than them, either biologically or in terms of, uh, in other words, they may be a less mature individual, even though they are not uh, chronologically younger. But it will be younger than or less mature than the 35 of the person you're reading for. If you're reading for somebody who's 60, okay, then the person... Represented by the Jack is going to be biologically, chronologically, or in terms of character, less mature than the 60 year old. The Jacks often represent children and young people, be they uh, to again, again, in respect of the person being read for. Jacks generally are not pulled as a significator for an individual. They can be, but when they are, they show that some there's some sort of something here going on. There's a, a roguish or rakish nature. So if you're reading for someone and they are represented by, say, the jack of hearts, then that shows that they are a little bit of a, a playa, a little bit, you know, a little bit of a lothario, a bit of a, of a love 'em and leave 'em type. Uh, the Jack of Diamonds shows that they're, you know, a little bit of Jack Flash. They, 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 they can, they can be a little uh, not so trustworthy about their their material endeavors. They might even be a little criminal in their nature. But the Jacks can also denote a small thing or the beginning of something new because the jacks are the lowest ranking court card. So you want to consider that the jacks relate to the queen and king. So let's come to an issue now before we go into the queen and king about the court cards and their particular suits. They are the rulers of their suits, which means that when they appear, cards of the same suit that are nearby them or sitting in significance in the reading come under their discretion, come under their power. Come under their observance to one degree or another. And with the jack, that would be the least influence, the least. In other words, they're carrying a message. So if the hearts are in dominance in a reading, and here comes our jack of hearts, we know that probably he's or she is the person being discussed with the other hearts And that they are at least a messenger, and therefore might fall into the position of a dear friend, someone you you share your confidences with, a familial family member, etc. The next one that we will discuss is the queen. And the queen represents women, or one specific woman, or Men who have a more feminine nature. It also talks about beauty. It also talks about, oh, traditionally, nurses, teachers, grandmothers, mothers, wives, and as I said, beauty and grace. The queen represents all women, and it is the second highest ranking court card. In general, they signify mothers and love, caring, interested, and thoughtful people. They can also signify wives and lovers, confidants, sensual partners, and individuals, particularly women, of great power, personal power at the least. The queens bring about emotion and intuition to their particular suits. So in other words, if the jack is carrying messages for their suit, the queen is talking about emotion and intuition representing their particular suit. Now, let's come back to our situation of rulership over a particular suit. If we see a lot of spades in a reading, or let's say there are spades very close together to the queen of spades, then she is seen as, again, being the individual that is causing that problem or is the root of that problem or maybe is the orchestrator behind them, a spider in a web, or that they, those problems surround her. She might be the individual we're reading for. She might be the individual's mother, wife, lover, And or even boss because she's a woman of power and therefore the problematic spades that are around her or in the reading may be addressing her. They may be her problems. In other words, well, all this shit's going on with your mom. Let me give you an example. If you had queen of spades, ace of spades and ten of spades and the ace and the ten of spades together normally is an indicator of a death coming. And here's our Queen of Spades. Well, you've got a number of ways to interpret this, so you're going to need to look at your other cards. But here are some following possibilities. That woman, who is a woman of power, could be a grandmother. She could be an aunt. She could be a mother. Maybe sick, might have an accident, could be facing death. All right? Now, there's
0: another set of cards
3: that we'll get into later on in another discussion, uh, not tonight, that signify murder. So if you have the murder cards, Queen of Spades, and Ace and Ten of Spades all in a run, you should watch out for this bitch. She might literally murder you. The Queen, therefore, is going to represent people generally uh, of power. The age can vary. The power doesn't. They are women who are stately. They are women in control of things. Now, You must also remember that they can be effeminate men. These may not be men who are effeminate in the way you think of being effeminate. They're not saying, you know, uh, whatever, but we do, you know, there's a reason, queen, right, or to act in a queeny way. All right, So you have to consider that. But they may simply have a more feminine outlook, a more feminine kind of disposition to them. I have read for many a client, female client, where she was the more masculine, the more dominant of the two in the partnership. Her husband was less masculine. Uh, he was more effeminate, more, more gentle, more womanly. And sure enough, in those readings, time and time again, with clients of that nature, my client that I'm reading for was represented by a king, even though she was a woman, a partner, even though a man, was represented by a queen. But now we've gone up a ranking. So, if we have the queen of a suit and the jack of a suit, the queen will have power over the jack. If we have the queen of a suit and the jack of a suit and many cards of the suit, the queen will still be the one in dominant power over the cards of that suit and what the messages they bring and may, in fact, be using the jack. Here, the jack might represent a lover, cider, a rival even, that is being manipulated by the queen. Or it could represent the mother manipulating a sibling etc. Now we come to our king. The king represents well, men or one specific man or again, a masculine woman. He talks about wisdom, judgment, authority, age, power. He often represents grandfathers, fathers, husbands, sometimes uncles, sometimes older brothers. (laughs) Bosses, again, if the boss is male. Kings are grown men, and they are the highest-ranking court card. They signify mastery, strength, control, leadership. And they also represent earthly authority, such as police or judges. And they can be cold and stern. They're protective and authoritarian, and... Depending on the particular suit, they can sometimes be hard and domineering. Coming back to our discussion about suits or court cards in readings ruling over suits, here's the penultimate. The king always rules his suit. If you have an abundance of diamonds in a reading and there's the king of diamond, it's about him. He is in control. He will be somewhere in power. Now, don't confuse that issue. Don't think that him being represented as being in power in a reading means that he has – it may simply mean that he is the key stone, the touchstone, the person that it's all about. You might be reading for a woman. She might be completely caught up with this man. She might be doing all this crazy stuff with her money and – Her body and her sex and her freedom, as represented by those diamonds, to please him. He's not pulling the strings. She's doing it, but he's the reason. See, he's the king. He's the one doing these things. Kings also, as I said earlier, do often represent earthly authority. So here we have a change. They may not be people that the person you're reading for knows they can be that judge the police police are often represented by kings they can be certain soldiers they can be bosses they're very often bosses and so we see them in the reading in a different way how do we determine that well you're going to determine that by their position and in the next coming weeks we're going to be talking about positioning of cards and how they help tell us whether this is a lover or a judge whether this is a husband or a cop etc but represent those people now what happens if you and this has happened i've seen it happen what happens if you lay out your cards and there's just this like oh my god there are 12 of them right there are 12 total court cards face cards and you lay out and there are like eight of them or there are nine of them I mean, it happens, you know, like boom, it's nothing but fucking court cards. Well, this tells you that there's a whole lot of people involved. There's a lot of talk. There may be gossip. There may be cliques. There may be groups. There may be one group against another group. It could be gangs. It could be fam- various family members. It could be inter office politics. But you know that you're deeply rooted in the material now of people, and there are a lot of people involved, and also you know something else. That the more kings and queens that are there over the jacks, and the more kings over the queens, the less control there is here. The more this control is in the hands of those people, as opposed to being in the hands of... Of the person you're reading for I have personally on more than one occasion seen a reading about a court case and boom tons of kings queens only one jack and we were reading about someone else's court matter this was a a beloved individual that the person being read for was worried about their court case and it showed basically the court's full of people you know the court's full of people, and here's our poor little Jack. He has almost no power. He has almost no power. Now, what if, you know, it's just a whole bunch of hearts and diamonds? Well, that could mean a party. You know, that could mean a party. It could mean a party. And again, you want to look at the other cards. Is this, uh, you know, not so nice a party? Is this a kind of a flirtive, you know, under-the-radar kind of party? Is it an open party, etc.? cetera? So there, there you go with our court cards. And now we're going to talk a little bit quickly about our jolly joker. The jolly joker, the best bower, the imperial bower, the highest trump card. The joker first shows up around 1870, and he was designed to be the top-ranking card in the game of euchre. And euchre is its English spelling. See, in German, it's spelled J-U-K-E-R. And it's thought, it's pretty much assured, that the, the Bauer card came to be known as the Euchre card, J-U-K-E-R, which in time became Joker, J-O-K-E-R. By oh, around 1880, only about ten years later, the Joker was starting to be depicted as a jester or a clown. Uh, and uh, sometimes it's been used as, on deck, various decks as a, a, a matter of satire against, uh, oh, people in power, political figures, etc. Uh, the standard American deck comes with two Jokers. Uh, typically, one will be larger than the other. One may be black, then it may be red. Um, and in modern decks, the Jokers, as well as the Ace of Spades, have a special design as a part of the manufacturer's trademark. A lot of people do not read the joker or if they do read the joker they give the joker the exact same meaning as the fool from the tarot however the joker does not descend from the fool he's a he's an american innovation off of a german game you see he's not the fool at all he is mysterious and is aptly called the wild card. He's not associated with any color, suit, rank, face, or royal card. He stands apart. He stands alone. A power unto itself. Neither truly fortunate nor truly unfortunate, Joker refuses to be completely defined. Often, only a single Joker is used in... Divinatory readings, various cartomantic. People will use both, um, but most people only use one. And when they only use one, traditionally, generally, what you see is that the large or black joker is added to the deck to be a part of the reading. Again, rarely, very rarely, someone will use both jokers. And the second joker is thought of as being the red or little, or small joker. What does it mean? (laughs) Well, what does it mean is this. Uh, Generally, the joker shows a number of things. It can show that the person being read for is being worked on uh, by someone, especially uh, uh, by someone, you know, who's not known. Um, uh, it can represent the unknown, the unseen hidden forces, things that can't be seen. It can represent chaos unstable forces that bring sudden change without warning. It can represent death or life threatening trouble or attendance at a funeral and again, in our American reading here in our American reading in the South. He can also show the crossroads or the quote unquote crossroads devil. And in many ways, the Joker, interestingly enough, can is closer or more akin to the Tarot's devil than the Tarot's fool. So basically, jokers represent what is hidden, what is unknown, what is not clearly seen, what is out there as I was taught, the devil's about. So the Joker is unquantifiable, really, and should not be seen merely as a negative, but often the Joker's chaotic forces, chaotic factors, bring in a sensation of it being negative or dark or bad, when actually it's just chaotic. Sometimes chaos brings about good things. And, of course, nature has, is uh, patterned in its chaos, or perhaps it's chaotic in its pattern, however you want to think about it. You won't find many people that read with the Joker, but I have found, for my own use, that the Joker is an excellent card, at least one to have in your deck to read for myself, Again, personally, I use the joker to represent things that are hidden, things that have been intentionally hidden or hidden by other factors that the reading is not addressed. So there's your jolly joker, and he is worthy of taking a second look at. Up next, we're going to be going to the kitchen. That's right. We're going to be going into the kitchen to talk about Peony the kitchen, not the garden, no no no, 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 this is not my garden, this is my kitchen, and I hope you enjoy this one. It's a rare treat. <laughs>
5: Was the peony bush there in my garden that made you turn around and
6: smile
5: at me?
2: Not the zinnias or gardenias with a fragrant perfume, or get me nuts in a fancy pot or orchids in a bloom.
5: The peony bush there in my garden It did the trick as quick as one, two, three Please
2: decorate my garden gate forever And never will there be any bush But
5: the peony bush Every rose, every tree, every bird And bee seem to rate a rondelet or two So a slight poetic push for my favorite bush
8: Would seem to be
5: long overdue Twice Turn around and smile
2: at me
3: every week to everybody who gets the name it and claimants, But can I have a cookie for having found that? And the winners of the name it and claimant are Troll Towelhead. He gets a chocolate bar. Swiss,
7: Swiss chocolate bar.
3: Because that was in fact Danny Kay, and Void.
7: Void
3: gets the other chocolate bar because the name of the song is The Peony Bush. ha ha ha. I really, you know, and tonight in the kitchen it's the peony, and you and me. Oh yes, and the peony is a flowering plant in the genus Peonia and the only genus in the family Paeoniaceae. They are native to Asia, Europe, and Western North America, and uh, there is some difference on the total number of species that can be distinguished, ranging from 25 to 40, although the current consensus is 33 known species. They are a tall, uh, or plant, but some are uh, a woody, shrubbish plant. Uh, they have a compound, a deeply lobed leaves, and large, often fragrant flowers in colors ranging from uh, purple red to white or yellow in late spring and early summer. It is amongst the longest used flowers in Eastern culture, along with the plum blossom. Uh, and uh, it is, uh, oh, it's been used frequently in traditional medicines of Korea, China, and Japan. And in uh, Japan, it's called a foreign medicine. Uh, the uh, pronunciation of p and in uh, Japan is botan. Um, and it's... Uh, root was used uh, as a treatment for convulsions. It's also cultivated there as a garden plant. And in Japan, uh, one of its species is called the King of Flowers and another is called the Prime Minister of Flowers. In China, uh, the fallen petals are parboiled and sweetened uh, as a tea-time delicacy. And uh, peony water, uh, an infusion of peony petals, uh, was used uh, for drinking in the Middle Ages petals uh, may be added to salads or to punches and lemonades. And they're extensively grown as ornamental plants uh, for their very large and scented flowers. Um, By the way, they're the state flower of Indiana. Uh, You may not know that. Uh, It it, it replaced the Xenia, (laughs) which is the reason that song it's all the more funny. Uh, So there you go. But we are here to talk about hoodoo. Now, ain't we? So uh, in hoodoo, uh, the peony, which is, of course, a a long-lived garden plant with its beautiful flowers, but its root Its root is said to have a great deal of power to protect one against uh, misfortune, to help bolster one's health, to break jinxes, and to draw good fortune. So... Let's talk about some of the ways that you can use it. You can use it to help to heal someone dear to you. A single peony root carried in a mojo bag with a small cross and the hair of the person for whom the work is being done, wrapped in their name paper, is believed to ward off evil of any kind, natural or unnatural, to break jinxes and even to cure illness or substance abuse that was brought on to a person by a curse. And this bag is dressed with protection oil, blessing oil, cast-off evil oil, and run-devil-run oil, according to the circumstances. It can be used for personal power, success, and luck. To do this, you carry a peony root, calamus root, and Solomon seal root together in a red flannel bag and dress the bag with John the Conqueror oil for power, success oil for success, or fast luck oil for gaming and gambling. And I must tell you that I highly, highly, highly recommend this and carry it myself. For protection, if someone is in need of protection or uh, guardianship, you mix peony seeds and white mustard seeds together, and add them to protection oil to strengthen the formula, and then use the oil to dress uh, white cross candles and burn them on the name paper of the afflicted party. And then finally, and perhaps the best, is a very strong seven-way root bag for Luck. This is primarily for male luck and power and is made only with roots and no green herbs. It contains a small piece each of peony root, high John the Conqueror root, lucky hand root, bohog root, samson snake root, master root, and black snake root. The seven roots are sewn together into a brown leather bag which may be carried on the person, or hidden in the home or place of business. Uh, To make a similar seven-way root bag for female luck and power, you would use one piece each of peony root, Queen Elizabeth root, lucky hand root, angelica root, calamus root, and blood root. And these, I can tell you, are, uh, are very, very good, very, very Good bags. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And Gentine root also in the ladies bag. I can also tell you that I have personally had extreme luck with carrying a piece of peony root, High John the Conqueror, and Devil's Bit together. A three-way bag in a red mojo bag that I fed either with uh, John Conqueror oil or Hoyt's Cologne, and it has brought me great luck and success in many matters. Our In the Kitchen section comes to us each week, not only from our own knowledge, but also from the very excellent Hoodoo Herb and Mert Magic, a Materia Magica of African American Conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood, and we wish to thank her for its use and inclusion in our little show Each and every week Thank you so very much Well, we had some fun, didn't we? I thought we did We learned a little bit about peony We heard again about uh, the court cards and the jokers Uh, Next week we'll be talking about interpreting time Interpreting time A very hot topic Interpreting time with playing cards by through the use of colors and suits. And we'll not have a pontification next week. Oh, no, we will not, because next week, Thursday, July 13th, We will have a very special guest in at the beginning of the show. We're going to be sitting down and talking with Co Meadows. If you would like to know more about Co Meadows, you can find him both online and at AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Workers. Of course, there'll be more, much more about Cometto's Meadows next week when we'll have him in here live to sit down and talk to us about all sorts of things. We hope that you will tune in and hear it. Well, that's been it. I wish I had time to play Danny Kay the Peony Bush again. That's great. But I'm afraid this is, well, the end.
1: Ah, this
8: is not the end.
1: Uh, it is not even the beginning
8: of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning.
2: I'll Fort Worth, Texas channel and don't back the full legs I'm on down to Dallas, Street Col Kitty haven't do the tattoon in Kansas City and Kansas City Sim and Sim Louis Chicago I'm on my Exit will Horse of Kansas, Kansas City. So dear you, then I changed cars and jumped in Cinderella.
6: Oh. I'm on springfield, I'm all
2: by.